Cause we eyeballing all of y'all lanes Let me fall off, I'm taking all of y'all chains All of y'all watches and all of y'all calls Well who we talking to? All of y'all stars All of y'all rappers and producers and such No homo promo homie, you might get your ass punched Like Def Jam circa 83, you get rushed If you rolling with some winners, then you rolling with us I know make dance music, this is R.A.P. Opposite all that sucker shit they play on TV It's just cool It's real G shit, you gotta show respect. I have kept track today. I am currently 14 shots in uh, to Captain Morgan. Not Captain Morgan, Sailor Jerry. Sailor Jerry, Captain Morgan's friend, Sailor Jerry, his uh, underclassman. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the cheaper. That's the underclass. That's the uh, the poor man's Captain yeah, Morgan. Well, yeah, he's just, you know, he swaps the deck. Um, I ended up drinking He's the poor man's Captain Morgan You know it, I know yeah. it, we all know it Currently drinking a 40 and Currently myself. my wife is yelling at me for calling Taylor Jerry the poor man's Captain Morgan Well he's cheaper than Captain Morgan, right? Like $3 cheaper Not much cheaper I'm drinking a 40 no, I'm just um, You know how the 40s come in like bottles now? Not really I haven't bought a 40 um, in like 15 years Yeah they're not in glass bottles anymore I, I'm classy My 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 alcohol comes in a bottle, and there's like a pirate on there. Mine comes in a plastic got bottle. It's got 42 ounces instead of 40 ounces now. Because of the bottle change, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so that makes it better. <laughs> That's important. That's what really matters. I also rolled a blunt earlier today, and um, I'm so like infrequent in smoking now that I took like man two or three hits off of it and i was like i need to put this out i'm gonna die <laughs> snoop dog would be really disappointed yeah i couldn't smoke with snoop dog you ever seen that clip where i can't remember he's smoking with but the dude's like he puts Just it out and like, hitting him yeah yeah they have a rotation going where there's multiple blunts in a circle and the dude like puts one out and puts it in his pocket and like has the other one and he's like oh and does a sad face and just passes it over that'd be me yeah. with snoop dog i couldn't smoke with snoop dog no way yeah, so I've been doing I've been doing Method Man stuff. I was like, got myself a forty. Don't got myself a shorty. I'm not about to go stick it. I guess I wasn't doing Method Man stuff. Like doing, one out of three isn't bad, I guess. Dude, half of Method Man stuff. That sucks. <laughs> one, I'm at thirty three point three 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 percent Method Man. Uh, so I was inspired by heavy metal last week. To uh, I was like, man, why does animation suck? I need to figure out this animation business. I uh, decided to watch Evangelion again for the seventh time, I think. And it sucks. Yeah, I, don't, I, I, I keep, mean, I don't know. I kind of feel like I like Evangelion for like the first 13 episodes and after that, it's just garbage. It's like episode, episode, up to episode like 19. But it's like, nope. That's, I keep trying because Evangelion, there's things in there that should absolutely appeal to me, right? So it's got cool mecha designs. Uh, everyone in the show is fucking crazy. Uh, eventually, you find out the the Evangelians are like actually biological beings. So then it turns into like body horror stuff. There's like parts where they're eating angels and shit, weird esoteric religious shit, and then like legitimate body horror. You know, he, the 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 dad gets the, the eyeball of Adam in his hand and shit. All there's tons of ingredients in Evangelion that I should love should appeal directly to me. That's why I keep trying. This is the seventh time I've watched the whole series. 
and then end of Evangelion and shit like that. I haven't watched the movies, so and it's just fucking You're better than me. Fucking goddamn, it's f- so fucking sloppy, and that's even beyond like the anime tropes, which I hate. You know, like yelling your feelings and constant, like just explaining everything with way too much exposition and shit. Beyond that, it's just like they're writing episode to episode, right? So, motherfucker Hideki Yano had like no plan for what he's doing the story. And I feel like halfway through it, someone gave him like introduction to psychology. And that's <laughs> the end of the series. It's, man, it's going to be so profound because I. I'm uncomfortable about sex and human interaction. So you me describe like me naval of the podcast that everybody listens to. Yeah, me navel gazing about piss baby shit is gonna be so profound. It's, no, shut the fuck up, sir. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he keeps remaking it. Keeps trying to do it again. It's like no, you. It's fucking garbage. You, it's a mess, man. You had like half of a good idea. Yeah, but I don't know. I keep watching it, so. I don't know. He was a real dummy. Yeah, yeah. he was a real loser. But after <laughs> yeah. that, I was like, I remember I, again. Like, I'm gonna repeat myself. I've watched the uh, Evangelion series, but I have not watched any of the movies. So I mean, I'm you, gonna you have to watch, say that I'm better than you. You have to watch the end of Evangelion, or otherwise the end of the series just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's how I like it because it doesn't make any sense to the fucking movie either. No, it doesn't. Well, this thing is the movie is like he was forced to make the movie because his fans were so dissatisfied with the ending of the series, and then halfway through the movie, he just does the same shit again, and it's like. I'm all for, like, the auteur's vision or whatever, but there had to be someone on staff that needed to be like, come on, man, you can't do this shit again. No one cares about how you're uncomfortable about sex. (laughs) (laughs) But nah, there it is. Um, After that, I was like, oh, I remember when uh, Devil Man Crybaby came out on Netflix, like, a couple years ago, and that was pretty cool. So I watched it again, and then uh, I've been watching uh, the director of that. His name's... uh, Masaki Yuasa. I've been watching all his other shit. So he's really good. So I figured out anime now. <laughs> That's it. You've... I have a lot of complaints about animation or anime still, though. I hate the limited animation format, and it's gotten so much worse with it even being digital. Because, like, I tried to watch the Shinichiro Watsonabi's new series, the guy that made Cowboy Bebop and Samurai Champloo. Uh huh. And um, which one is his new one? It's called Carol on Tuesday. It's like uh, the, the story's smart. good and, and the characters are interesting, whatever. But like, I can't get over how bland uh, animation is now, especially. How many frames per seconds are they at right now? Like seventeen? No, they're still doing like eight frames per second. It's anime, oh limited gosh. animation. The only time yes. anime is good is if it's a feature length film where they it's technically not anime because it's full animation, not limited animation. <laughs> so it's fucking annoying. I thought I thought of at least by like it's you know, digital. You, they do yeah. You already do <laughs> everything digital. You already do everything digitally. What the fuck are you doing? It bothers me so much. The movement's so bad. Ugh. After watching um, most of Masakai Yuasa's uh, work and uh, some other stuff that was recommended in correlation to his work, I uh, came to a shocking revelation. But it's something I think I've probably known deep down inside since adolescence, and I've just never confronted it or came to terms with it. Adult anime is garbage. No, what it is is 
I need a romantic partner who's really into anime. That way they can perfectly curate a watch list just for me. Because <laughs> there's shit in there that I'll like. And someone else needs to do the work to figure it out for me. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you should just troll Reddit forums then. No, I don't have time for that. I'm too busy reading other shit and figuring out stuff <laughs> stuff that's more important to me. <laughs> Last thing is, uh, so oh, so you're gonna get a girlfriend and she's like watching like fucking Brooklyn Nine Nine and Parks and Recs and shit. And the fuck that, that's boring. I want a girlfriend that's gonna watch weird anime and be like, hey, check this out. You know what I mean? Because people are just out here watching TV shows and shit. Maybe as well be weird shit. I think I've known it. Known it since back in the day when I first saw Gundam Wing. I was like, yeah. Like, <laughs> and we were on that goddamn weird ass anime forum in like 1996. I think it would have been like 2000, but yeah, 99, <laughs> 2000. <laughs> Cutting edge shit. Yeah. I was like, yeah, you know what? This is it. Need an anime boyfriend, girlfriend. Some of the bitch. There's got to be someone out there who loves anime but is very distinguishing and it approaches it from like an intellectual level you know, there's a hundred percent like maybe like two people in the entire world and like maybe one of them speaks english maybe <laughs> you, you need to broaden your horizons here like I find a girl to play like hey maybe you want a girl to plays bass or something definitely not playing bass no thank drums, you drums guitar piano like that. any like, of the on. instruments beyond every any instrument but bass yeah, Why on bass. That's rhythm. Like the only good bass is talent. The only good bass is stand-up bass. Whatever. Um, I've been in a really bad mood, so let's see how this goes. We watched fucking Predator. In a part of the world where there are no rules, we pick up their trailer, the chopper, run them down, grab those hostages before anybody knows we were there. What do you mean we? Deep in the jungle, where nothing that lives is safe. You lose it here. You're in a world of hurt. Showtime, kid. Knock, knock. An elite rescue squad. You're bleeding, man. I ain't got time to bleed. <laughs> is being led by the ultimate warrior. We need the best. That's why you're here. But now... What's got Billy so spooked? There's something out there waiting for us. And it ain't no man. They're up against the ultimate enemy. Holy mother of God. Nothing like it has ever been on Earth before. She says the jungle just came alive and took him. We cannot see it. No blood, no bodies. We hit nothing. But it sees the heat of our bodies and the heat of our fear. Whatever it is out there, it killed Hopper. And now it wants us. It kills for pleasure. He will skin the lion. It hunts for sport. He's killing us one at a time. We're all going to die. But this time, it's picked the wrong man to hunt. If it bleeds, we can kill it. Century Fox presents Arnold Schwarzenegger. Predator. The hunt begins Friday, June 12th at theaters everywhere. Uh, Predator, 1987. This is 1,000 out of 10. Best movie of all time. 
The best action uh, I watched, of all time. 100%. I watched it with my kids. Well, not Ariel, but Ryan and Jen watched it. James rated it a 10 out of 10. Yeah, it's a really good movie. Kids we're gonna love watch it. The other, we're going to watch the Predator, other Predator movies. We're going to watch the other Alien movies, and we're going to watch any of his Predator movies after that. But, Hell yeah. Uh, this is the time, honestly, especially for Ryan. It's time for Ryan to learn about Predator. <laughs> <laughs> no, 100% it is. It's about, he needs to learn about heat vision, plasma blasts, uh, weird spiky things. Well, you just, all children need to know about uh, action movies that are also kind of horror <laughs> because they don't make them anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so, again, like James rated a 10 out of 10, Ryan rated a 9 out of 10. Um, his complaints. Oh, this were, is like, uh, uh, this is a Jameson movie for sure. <laughs> <laughs> it is absolutely. Yeah. I um, mean, if there was a fucking dinosaur in this movie, he'd be later eleven out of ten. He'd be like, "That off the charts." <laughs> Can't top this movie. Can't get any better. Ryan's complaints were that um, you don't see the predator until about 40, 45 minutes in the movie. Yeah, that's the, that's the pacing of the eighties and nineties. Yeah, or eighties uh, specifically. Mac dies too early. Mac. Oh, I think it's if I was my complaint would be is uh, Jesse Ventura dies too early, but it's just because I like Jesse Ventura. I think Max, actually, while I was watching that scene, I think Ryan's right because while I was watching that scene, is like they do have the drop on the Predator, right? Right, and that's the cool thing about this movie is the Predator is not a supreme ultimate being, right? He can be out hunted because Arnold does it at the end. And they do have the drop on the Predator. I do kind of agree with Ryan. I kind of dislike that he's able to just be standing over Mac and blow his head off and then uh, fuck up um, fucking uh, Dylan, which is uh, Carl Weathers. You know what I mean? It's like they had the drop on him. They saw him. You know what I mean? They were sneaking up on him. And the whole thing is he, okay, he can basically turn invisible and he's up in the trees. Just being up in the trees does give him an amazing advantage. But it's still kind of like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, like him, Bill, oh, I guess Mac and what's fucking Carwell's killer? Dylan. Uh, Dylan? Yeah. Um, they absolutely have the, the predator in the trees. And, and all of a sudden he's like, oh, I'm, a, I'm, I'm on top of you somehow. I'm going to tackle Mac. Plus, yeah. Mac may have been the coolest character besides um, Dutch. Dutch. I, uh, maybe Dylan. But. So my thing watching the Predator, and it's like a lot of movies actually, is um anytime like the lead was like doing whatever, I'd be like, I don't care about the lead, I care about the other guys. <laughs> so like I don't actually care too much about Dutch. Honestly, short thing is great. I think this is this movie yeah, suited, yeah, oh, this movie suited him son of a bitch. so much better than any other movie he made. But um at the end of the day, it's like Jason Ventura is cooler, uh, Carl Weather is cooler. Billy is cooler. Bill Duke. Mac is cooler. Yeah. Uh, everyone's cooler than Arnold Schwarzenegger until the very end when it's like, all right, he's going to beat the Predator. And you're like, all right, I guess it's pretty cool. But before that, he's just like, wearing a polo shirt, smoking cigars and shit. <laughs> like, I don't care about this man. <laughs> Doing handshakes. Yeah. 1,000 out of 10. Best action movie of all time. That's my official review. We'll get into it more team of commandos on a mission in a Central American jungle find themselves hunted by an extraterrestrial warrior. I forgot that they did the uh, see the uh, place setting where they actually show the ship in orbit. Oh, me too. Like, when we, the kids and I started watching, I'm like, oh, I don't remember this part at all. Yeah, that was, I watched uh, The Predator, the newest Predator movie. 
uh, last uh, night. Hunting. Uh, oh, I oh. haven't watched it. But, but again, we're gonna watch all of them. So we'll yeah. See how I feel. Ooh, it's ooh, it's not, not good. good. We'll get to it later. Not good. Not good. <laughs> But uh, it I opened watched all the predators, but that movie. So yeah, that's I'd seen every single one multiple times. I've seen the first Predator and Predator Two countless times. Alien vs Predator a couple times. Uh, Requiem, I don't know more than first Alien vs Predator. I, I, I honestly have not seen either Alien vs Predator or Alien vs Predator Two in its entirety at all. But I've oh, seen okay. Predator, Predator Two, and then Predators. Predators. Yeah, I've seen Predator. I've seen Predators a lot because I remember at one point a girlfriend I was dating, we were living together, and like for some reason we just had like Showtime and Predators was on a lot, so I watched Predators a lot. (laughs) (laughs) It's not a bad movie. It's actually pretty good. It's really not. It's Robert Rodriguez. He does a good job with it. And Um, Predator Two is actually pretty good. I, I really like. Here's my thing about the Predator franchise is there's one really good movie, Predator, two okay movies, which is Predator 2 and Predators, and then um, that's it. Everything else is bad. (laughs) The Alien suffers from the same thing, right? There's Alien, Aliens. Aliens. Alien 3 is cool because it's David Finch's first movie, and it's interesting to see what the studio would let him do. I think. Isn't there like a director's cut to that movie? There is, yeah. But it's still not actually his his. It's not his story and his cut or anything. So what am I supposed to do anymore? You sound you sound like Peter Cullen, the voice of the Predator. Often (laughs) transform and roll out. All right, Predator was written in 1984 under the working title of Hunter. Filming ran from March to June 1986, just before I was born. Sorry, Jean Claude Van Damme. That's I know two facts on Predator. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's one of them. Creature uh, effects devised by Stan Winston. I honestly can't remember the other fact at this point. Oh, it initially uh, met with mixed to negative reviews, but it's since been reappraised as a classic of the action genre. Which is, yep, it's I honestly think it's the best action movie ever made, especially in the time period it was made in the eighties when it was just nonstop action movies into the early nineties. There's a couple Arnold Schwarzenegger movies that really do qual like um, Terminator uh, Two, yeah, yeah, Terminator Two, Total Recall, even like oh, Commando, yeah. maybe like one of those. Yeah, I just <laughs> the funny I guess thing I is just, it's all Arnold movies. Here's the thing, actually, is uh, I like Predator the most, but I think Terminator Two is a better movie. Isn't that I, 1990 technically? 1992. Oh, there we yeah. go. Well, Terminator Two is uh. I think one of the most important, well-realized films of all time. So it's hard to compete with that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this film was written by brothers Jim and John Thomas. And I was like, if only this is going to be us. If only you and me, we just got to write one good screenplay, get that shit made, and then we're going to ride off the residuals from the merchandise and the sequels for the rest of our lives. <laughs> That's all we got to do. <laughs> We just I gotta think make we the have two good good screenplays. I have to edit the second one, but yeah, but like the merch. Too. I don't know if the merchandising is there. We need to do something we where like assholes. Uh, yeah, we need something where assholes on the internet can come over the lore around the film because that's what like keeps Predator and Alien and Star Wars. Uh, you know, and shit maybe going. maybe the the second one. Maybe maybe. maybe. 
Or maybe the third one, honestly. Like the, that Red Dead Redemption shit is really popular. People like Western shit. <clears throat> so, following the release of Rocky Four, the joke circulated in Hollywood that since Rocky Balboa had run out of earthly opponents, he would have to fight an alien if a fifth, fifth film were to be made. And then screenwriters Jim and John Thomas <laughs> took the inspiration from the joke and wrote a screenplay based on it. And so we have Rocky Five. Yeah, the script for Predator was originally titled Hunter. The original idea centered around the idea of what it is to be hunted. Uh, centered around a band of alien hunters of various species seeking various targets, which eventually was streamlined to one extra test, extraterrestrial hunting the most dangerous species, humans. So the most dangerous man. game. Yeah. I've seen. I've read that story. And the most dangerous man being a combat soldier. Sure. Additionally, the setting was chosen as Central America for having constant special forces operations during that period. Uh, this is directed by a man named John McTiernan, who had a pretty solid run for a little bit. <laughs> so he did, like, you know what? Let's have Shane Black on set to make sure he was okay. <laughs> well, yeah, Shane Black was on set for like script punch ups. He didn't end up doing any of them, and thank God, based on what he did for the Predator. <laughs> but let's check. McTiernan uh, did Predator. Then he did Die Hard. And the hunt for Red October, Last Action Hero, Die Hard with a Vengeance, Thomas Crown Affair, which is a remake of a Norman Jewison film. They did the Thirteenth Warrior. Remember Thirteenth Warrior? And it was bad, but it was good at the same time. It's a bad good oh, movie. I I kind of both hate and love that movie. Yeah, exactly. And then he did Rollerball, which was another remake of a Norman Jewison film. And he kind of fell off after that. All I'm going to do is remake uh, Steven Spielberg movies in my career. I don't, I don't know if that's a good choice. I was thinking... Shut up, or I'm doing it. I was thinking I could probably write the best Predator movie, and I'll, my, I'll save my pitch for the end. <laughs> if I'm being honest, there's a pitch I have for a Star Wars movie that I think is pretty good. It's based on Seven Samurai, which, let's be honest... That's all Star Wars is, anyways. Kurosawa. Well, it is uh, Kurosawa. He's <laughs> it's a hidden fortress, and oh, whatever. In a criminal, this is uh, in regards to McTiernan. In a criminal wiretapping case filed by the U.S. District Attorney for Los Angeles, John McTiernan pled guilty to lying to FBI agents about requesting to have Anthony Pelicano investigate producer Charles Roven during production of Rollerball. So it seems like there might be a reason why he hasn't gotten any work since. <laughs> well, what do you think it would be? He's, um, well, let me follow Perhaps up with this. A federal criminal. On July 3rd, 2006, his former wife, film producer Donna Dubrow, filed suit against him for invasion of privacy and other claims arising from her belief that he hired Pelicano to wiretap her telephone during their divorce negotiations. The lawsuit continued over time and was still pending as of October 2015. Uh, seems like the problem might be he's a crazy person. <laughs> you know, I relate. You know, wiretap your own phones? <laughs> I need to wiretap my ex-wife's phones. It'd be uh, interesting to be one of those like uh, old-timey Hollywood guys that has like several ex-wives. I think that'd be interesting. Yeah, you're in your fourth one. Yeah, you only stay married for like two years at the most, so you just have a bunch of them, and you're still mad at them all the time for some reason. 
<laughs> well, almost as if you never loved him to begin with. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, so yeah, I kind think, of person I hope to be in ten years. <laughs> so I think that might be why he uh, doesn't get work anymore. He does apparently have some film in production. I didn't look into it at all because. Uh, Oh yeah, yeah. He's going to produce potato the five. I just there's just been a sharp decline in everything he's made, so I have uh, no, no faith. Yeah, I have no confidence that he'll make anything good. So I don't <laughs> care. Kyle votes no confidence. Yep. To play the elite band. Oh, speaking of no confidence, uh, I'm gonna watch uh, episode one <laughs> after this. <laughs> I, I just, think I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but my kids have watched a lot of the prequels since yeah. the uh, quarantine began, and oof, they're not good, huh? Uh, episode one good, actually uh, might be the best of the three. Better than uh, Revenge of the Sith. Oh, it's a close call. It really. Well, is. the thing is, Revenge of the Sith. The only good part is. Um, the Anakin Obi Wan fight and the fight itself is not good. It's just no. The I mean, there's there's the, a couple good parts. There's the the um, the opening sequence, which I honestly think I heard was sequenced by Spielberg. Yeah, the Starfighters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's Spielberg, actually pretty yeah. cool. Um, all the way up to the Dooku fight, and then the Anakin Obi Wan fight is okay ish. Well, the fight itself like, honestly, is spin terrible. The, well, yeah, they're I, like riding on robots, one footed and. All that extra shit is not good, but their like actual interaction with each other, the emotion of the scene, I think that's good. I, someone else would have made a better version of it than George Lucas, right, but yeah. I mean, like yeah. if you look at Return of the Jedi and Revenge of the Sith, you're like, oof, why are the fuck is the dialogue so weird? Because <laughs> George Lucas can't write or direct, shockingly. It seems so strange because American Graffiti was a good movie, a really good movie. Yeah, but I think he spent a lot of time working on that and it has a lot to do with his actual experiences in um, Marin County. And then also part of it is uh, how the film was introduced to us by our grandfather oh, who uh, well. grew up in the Marin County. <laughs> or he's, well, our grandfather's from Richmond, so not Marin County. That's uh, Alameda County. And I mean, like, let's, more let's split hairs here, Kyle. Well, we are splitting hairs because I'm Richmond, Alameda County. That's a little bit more street than Marine County is for sure. But it was introduced to us by our grandfather who came from Nova Scotia, grew up in Richmond. And he's like, yeah, this is kind of what me and my friends used and, to do uh, on the weekend. Knew the Fogarty brothers personally, from what I understand. Hey, you went to high school with them. So, yeah, you know, it, it hits a little bit different. At least it does to me, anyways, because all like the one of my formative memories as a child is watching it at the lake with our grandfather and talking about his like shit he got up to in Richmond and stuff. I'm like, yeah, okay, <laughs> sure. <clears throat> all right, let's talk about Predator, I guess. Oh shit, I forgot what that's this is gonna be. Yeah, this is gonna be a wild episode. Uh, to play the elite band of soldiers, both Silver and Gordon, who are the producers with co-producer John Davis, search for larger-than-life men of action. Who are these men? Of course, we've got Arnold Schwarzenegger, who's a very famous guy. Uh, uh, Get to the Chopper is Arnold Schwarzenegger's personal favorite catchphrase of all of his films that he appears in. <laughs> I told Ryan, like, you get, to, you get to tell your friends that you actually saw the movie this fucking uh, meme came from. Oh, yeah, because it's crazy thing about meme culture now, especially as your kids are experiencing it. 
where like they don't even have like the original touchstone that it, like branched out of. That's the greatest part about being dad. It's I get to show them. Like, hey, this is where it came from. Stupid. And, and honestly, in some respects, it's like the the only great part. <laughs> <laughs> you teach them to play basketball because your kids gonna be tall as fuck. I know. I really should. Um, teach them to like buy, yeah. Uh, teach them. Stand in the paint, drop it in. Stand in the paint, drop it in. <laughs> I, Ariel really, really wants to play. It's, um, she's I remember, gonna be fucking tall as shit. So. I remember coming over your house a few years ago to watch the Warriors when they were good enough to be in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she was the child that was the most in the basketball. And I was like, yeah, yeah she really isn't excited about it. So like, I think basketball is cool you know like that visceral feeling when like the ball fucking you sink it in the hoop you know how like so fulfilling it is it is really it's, great uh, it feels it? so There's good something about the, honestly the, i've always liked the, the the feeling of putting the ball on the floor like bouncing it behind your back through your I legs just, yeah the movement of somebody it, and like fucking passing someone it. when you're not looking at them Yo, oh my god I was thinking. Well, uh, I when, think Ariel might have it in there. We'll see. When we were playing World of Warcraft and uh, like Ryan's spatial awareness was so bad, I was like, if he played basketball, he wouldn't have this problem. Because <laughs> I feel like that's the, I thing. the same thing. When I watch people like try to like speed run video games or just play video games, like other people doing it, and I'm just like, you don't remember the left turn back there? You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like I just you you gotta you got spatial awareness even in like digital formats. You gotta be aware of what's around you all the time. Gotta get that pass, man. Get the three points. <laughs> uh, Carl Weathers is also in it. He's very famous. You all know this him from, cast um, is pretty great. Like Carl Weathers, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Jesse Ventura, um, uh, the Duke, Bill Duke. Yeah, yeah Bill Duke. Uh, Carl, he's uh, you, everyone knows Carl Weathers from the rest of development, I would assume. But also, he's apparently um, in the International Mustache Hall of Fame. He was inducted in 2016. Hey, I were interesting about Hall and Oates today. You yeah. know, they met each other in an elevator when they were running away from a gang fight together after a music competition. That sounds awesome. Are they from New York in the seventies? I think they would have been from California in the Bay Area. Uh, well, yeah, that's about which right. Which is too. basically the same thing. Same thing. It was just more stretched out. There's more hills and stuff. I we were running from a gang fight. It was a synchronized gang fight too, because it was the seventies. <laughs> All right, Carl Weathers. He's Dylan. We got El Padilla Carrillo. Uh, she's acting before Predator, and she's been acting ever since. She's also directed, been a producer, and she is very famous in Mexica or Mexico, especially in Michoacan, where she's from. Uh, I also saw pictures of her recently from like 2019, 2018. Still looking great, like way better than Arnold Schwarzenegger looks. <laughs> I guess that's that melanin, though, huh? Um, but Arnold, Arnold still looks pretty good for his age, in my opinion. Nowadays, isn't he like in his seventies and stuff? He actually yeah, does. But he does look really like, good for his age. You're right. Right. Yeah. That's like, yeah. Like, uh, yeah he, I forget, I kind of forget how old he is. I always just imagine he's our dad's age, and then it's like uh, he's like ten years older than the yeah, dad. That's true. Um, and you know, I'll be honest. I met some people that uh, the last couple of weeks that look look quite a bit older than Dad, <laughs> yeah. and um, um, are not yeah not older than Dad. <laughs> that looks pretty good. 
That does look really good for his age, yeah. Um, he, you know, he should feel good about himself because he's. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't look like horrible. Yeah. If I look that good at, at 65, 66, I really will feel pretty good about myself. My thing is, um, in the next few years, when I have a heart attack like Dad did and stop smoking, then I'm guaranteed to look as good as Dad did at least. And if I keep working out, maybe better. You should probably just stop smoking right now before the heart attack, if I'm being honest. Well, Dad was like 50 when he had the heart attack, so I got a lot of time, 17 more years, baby. I'm going to live to be 120 to 70 years old. Speaking of living a long time, Bill Duke. He's in this movie. He plays Mac. This is actually uh, the second time he's appeared with Arnold Schwarzenegger in a film. Previous to this, he was the villain in Commando. Oh, we haven't watched Commando yet. The two Arnold we've watched is... um, Running Man and Total Recall. Yeah, exactly. I feel like several years down the road, we'll have to revisit those episodes because, like, the podcast will have changed so much and gotten so much better that we'll have to go back and give them like the due diligence they deserve. I'm excited about it. Yeah. Uh, Bill Duke also has directed a lot of shit, specifically Sister Act Two. Uh, sp- specifically, Bill Duke, we got to bring up. Um, he makes an appearance in the greatest film of 2018, possibly the greatest film of the last five years, except for Mad Max Fury Road. Mandy. Oh, well, um, we also got Jesse Ventura, who's a pretty famous guy. We can talk about Jesse Ventura forever. He's a governor. He's a sexual transource. Uh, he's been a governor. <laughs> this professional wrestler. He's uh, soon to be president, I think, Jesse Ventura. He's trying to run for the Green Party candidacy, I think. Well, he's not trying to. There's a push to get him to run for the Green Party candidacy, and I will vote for that, man. Because, I you know what? You know what will happen if Jesse Ventura is president? We will fucking track down Bigfoot. <laughs> well, Jesse Ventura is great. I would happily vote for him as president. But He's a fucking crazy person that believes in aliens, and I would not happily vote for him for anything. He doesn't really. He like entertains the idea of it or whatever. He, I think he's actually a lot more level-headed than people assume. But anyways, uh, here's my favorite story about Jesse Ventura. It's actually kind of... A, a bummer of a story, but I think it really illustrates why he's a cool dude in real life. So while a professional wrestler in the 1980s, oh, he is began this about the, um, the union, the, yeah. like the union, he began right. lobbying his fellow wrestlers, the former labor union, which is a plus number one. Great job, Jesse. Once news of this reached Ventura's then friend, Hulk Hogan, Hogan informed WWE or world wrestling entertainment owner, Vince McMahon, who immediately put a stop to the proceedings. Hogan never bothered to tell Ventura what he did, and then Ventura eventually learned for himself in the 1990s, at which point he ceased to consider Hogan a friend. I keep thinking we're going to watch an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, and I'm going to do a deep dive on Schwarzenegger, but I kind of don't want to know the dark underbelly of Schwarzenegger. I already know he cheated on Maria Shriver with their like, au pair or whatever. That's enough. <laughs> I think au pair might be the, the nicest way of putting it. Now we're talking about Sonny Landham. He's uh, uh, famously from The Predator, but also he's in Action Jackson with Carl Weathers, which is a good movie. And before he was in Predator, he's in 48 Hours, where he plays Billy Bear. He's also a former 70s porn star. And during the filming of Predator, a bodyguard was hired, 
not for his personal protection, but because the film's insurance company worried for the safety of the cast with him around. Apparently, he's kind of a dangerous dude. On the 18th of June, 2003, he held a press conference at the Kentucky State Capitol in Frankfurt to announce his withdrawal as an independent candidate for governor of the state of Kentucky. Had he ran and won, there would have been three governors in this movie. Three. And then he also announced his campaign for the U.S. Senate seat held by Mitch McConnell as the Libertarian Party candidate on June 25, 2008. A month later, the Libertarian Party dropped its support for Landon's candidacy due to difference in opinions. And then he lost both his legs due to heart problems beginning in 2006 with the right leg and then later the left leg in 2017. Uh, and then he died. I got a good quote from him from Annie Sprinkle, who works in the adult film industry, and she said, A life well lived. She worked with Landon in the Video X Pix 1976 release, Slippery When Wet. <laughs> He's described as a pot boiler about, or the film Slippery One Way is described as a pot boiler about college chums reuniting to discover the latent, unrealized passion that was always there. Okay. She goes on to say about um, Sonny specifically, what I remember most is that he was so magnificently tall, dark, and handsome. To me, he didn't have a Sonny personality, (laughs) but was deep, thoughtful, and serious. Sonny was a very sweet lover. When he came out blazing, in, yeah, he's a very sweet lover. When he came out blazing in Predator with Schwarzenegger, the whole New York City porn industry was beaming with pride. We knew he could do it. He was one of the first to show the world that some porn stars could actually act, as well as get it up and uh, get it up and off on cue. He made quite a mark. So he's a pretty cool guy, except for very dangerous, apparently. <laughs> but it sounds like my type of guy: dangerous and a sweet lover. <laughs> That's why I like to think of myself as dangerous and sweet lover. Yeah, ask any of my girlfriends. A lot of them will com- a lot of them will complain about me being dangerous, but they will rejoice in my sweet lover tunes. <laughs> uh, and then we got RG Armstrong, who appears very briefly in the film as the general. But I wanted to talk about him because his name is Robert Golden Armstrong. Uh, he's from. Uh, We've talked about this before, but he's like the Western to TV to 80s movies pipeline kind of guy. He's uh, also prune face in the Dick Tracy movie. Oh, a real classic role. Yeah, but he's also a frequent collaborator of Sam Peckinpah, one of the greatest Western directors of all times. After meeting writer-director Sam Peckinpah on the set of his 1960s series, The Westerner, Armstrong became a regular player in his films, playing an outspoken Christian fundamentalist in Ride the High Country with Randall, Randall Scott and Joel McCree, and then a minister in, Ma- in Major Dundee with Charlton Heston in the title role, and a vicious deputy sheriff alongside Chris Christopherson and Bob Dylan in Pat Chris Garrett and Billy the Kid. That's crazy. It's him and two folk singers. <laughs> <laughs> and then apparently he became uh, unlikely but close friends with Robert Beck, a.k.a. Iceberg Slim, the infamous pimp turn author. What the fuck? Yeah. And uh, he died 24 days after the death of his best friend, Andy Griffith. <laughs> what? Yeah. He, what a life this guy lives. He's friends with Iceberg Slim and Andy Griffith. <laughs> and finally, rounding out the cast, Shane Black. He's returning to the podcast 
lethal weapon writer. He loves Christmas and shit. He directed the Predator. Uh, Predator, the Predator takes place at Halloween, not Christmas. So I guess he's mixing it up in his old age. <laughs> not very much. He'll return to this for uh, Iron Man three. He hated the glasses he was given to wear as Hawkins. He wanted to wear authentic military issue ballistic glasses worn by actual troops in the field. But uh, John McTiernan wanted him to look as geeky as possible. <laughs> <laughs> he was also originally supposed to wear a distinctive red beret, most likely inspired by the U.S. Army's maroon airborne berets worn by American paratroopers. Mm-hmm. Uh, he refused to wear that as well as he thought it would look ridiculous in the jungle. And then he later regretted his decision as he felt it would have made his character stand out. Definitely would have made him more dynamic instead of a geek <laughs> with glasses. And as mentioned oh, previously, mentioned previously, he was on set kind of as a punch-up artist for the screenplay. Like you, uh, McTiernan kept it in his back pocket, you know, to make any screenplay changes that he saw fit. Uh, he didn't end up making any changes though, because he was just happy to hang out with the big boys, probably. And then uh, uh, yeah. the Predator. Um, I uh, implore everyone listening to watch 2018's The Predator, and then afterwards watch the original 1987 Predator, and you can see how the film industry has completely dissolved of any artistic merit. Um, there's a problem with it where the scale is too large. The uh, action is intercut with quippy, nonsensical, cute dialogue. Um, none of the characters are dynamic enough to hold their own weight. Um, you see nonstop predators. The whole point of the film is that there's a new type of predator where the predator culture is using uh, DNA from the species they hunt to hybridize themselves to be more powerful. So there's a predator that comes to Earth to help out humanity fight climate change. He's gone rogue, but he's going to be defeated by a predator that is now 11 feet tall and more monstery. He doesn't use tools or anything anymore, or weapons. He just bites people and is big. Yeah, it's basically garbage. It plays into all the problems that I have with modern filmmaking. Um, the predator is not a threat at all. Uh, there's just a CGI scarier predator that's supposed to be threatening, but He's just a cartoon character that's in the film that gets too much screen time. So there's no threat. There's no horror elements. All the characters are quippy and cute. They serve no purpose in the film besides making quips. Uh, The expanded lore of the Predator universe is completely useless to the film series. I don't care if you like the expanded lore of the Predators. That's nerd shit. It does not matter. As you can see, we're watching the original Predator you just need to establish the threat of the predator. The cool thing about the predator is he's not some super overpowering nonsense being. He is a, a creature that has come from space that much like human beings has evolved to the point where he is using tools and weaponry for hunting, which is really interesting to then say that, Oh no, those predators are bullshit. We just need a CG predator that all it is is a monster that bites heads off people doesn't have armor or tools of any kind. That is not a predator. That's some dumb fucking bullshit. VHS Cole. Alright then. Welcome back to part two. This is part two of the episode because Sean got drunk and passed out. <laughs> yeah, that's well, that's sort of what happened. I Basically, I got drunk. I uh, 
went to go to the bathroom, I threw up and then I took a shower and went to sleep. Yeah, yeah and then I went to sleep and I thought I told Ascort to text you, but I guess I did not. Yeah, I don't know. I just was, uh, you went to go to the bathroom and it was taking a long time. So then I just started watching um, Hana stream on Twitch doing a performance. <laughs> and then it was like 15, 20 minutes went by and I was like, oh, I guess it's probably not coming back. <laughs> <laughs> we left off. I was talking about Shane Black being bad at making the Predator. And I'm pretty sure I gave my concise, rambling, drunk review of it. Basically, it's too convoluted, and um, everyone's trying to be cute like Marvel. And uh, there's a giant predator in it for some reason. Oh, you mean the new one? Yeah. Yeah, oh. yeah we were talking about that. Well, because my favorite thing about Predator is it's cool to imagine, and I'm saying within my own imagination, I don't need this fully explained in any movie. Like you, I don't need a Wikipedia about Predator. I hate the extended lore for most of these movies, but I like that the Predator isn't like overwhelmingly powerful compared to a human, right? Right. Obviously, like he's definitely tougher. Yeah, they're bigger and stronger, but like they're not the apex. Naturally, the apex predator on their planet, presumably, because then otherwise, why would they have developed hunting techniques and hunting tools, right? Right, and so, I, so, if I'm going to be honest with you, I think I know enough about the Predator lore to say that actually is the case. Right, well, it seems like you, they would have to have a similar evolutionary process as humans, right? Where we became the apex predator through, like, tool manufacturing and shit. Crook. Yeah, and so Predator's likely do the same thing on their planet. So I like that aspect of them, that they have tools to help them fight, they have armor, you know, shit like that. In the new movie... They're just like, yeah, but what if the Predator was even bigger and he didn't need weapons or tools because he just is a pervious monster? And it's like, well, that's not fucking interesting. That's why. <laughs> that's like shitty alien. Yeah. And it is just, it's terrible. There's like no horror element to any of the new Predators, really. Not since the first one. And the first one was more of an action movie, obviously, but obviously right, but the, horror, the Predator is a horror uh, figure in it. Right. There's an ominous nature. Yeah, which is the big ingredient that every Predator movie is missing, I think. That's why I think I The Robert Rodriguez one did okay. Yeah, but that was more like the horror of other humans. Yeah, Which is like, all right. But um, that's why I think I can make the best Predator sequel. (laughs) You've made this comment about several movies. Yeah, well, I'm just... I think I've got better ideas than most people. And uh, immaculate taste. (laughs) Impeccable. Impeccable. Uh, so yeah, that's Shane Black. He's he sucks. He loves Christmas. Well, yeah, the Predator movie that was that wasn't didn't place, take place during Christmas, did it? No, it was Halloween this time for some reason. <laughs> Weird. He's like, I'm yeah. trying to get a cash in here. <laughs> I'm gonna mix it up. Halloween. Um, I think he just loves Christmas. I don't know why this one was Halloween instead. The studio's probably like we're tired of like Christmas shit, dude. We got a Halloween cross promotion. <laughs> it's Predator, huh? Horror, huh? Eh, it's like a horror movie. It's not. It's not a horror movie at all. It's honestly most similar to a Marvel movie. Uh, and that it's wait, completely what blind. Your, uh, what's your idea for a Predator movie? Oh, it's basically uh, you just stick with everything the original did because that's what mattered. And especially, um, you make it like a good movie where there's not just tons of cuts all the time. That's another problem with the new Predator and most modern film. Why is there so many fucking cuts? Can't stand modern editing anymore. But uh, you just update it. So um, the original Predator takes place in the jungle because of uh, all the fucking uh, wet work bullshit we're doing in South America and Central America back then. Now you just do it in the the mountains of Afghanistan. And then uh, 
the real interesting point to it now is rather than making the uh, soldiers in it super heroic and uh, all rah-rah, soldiers are great like the first one does and then all the other ones did too, especially the newest one because Shane Black's got like fucking hard on for soldiers. It'll actually just be hypercritical of the military complex. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Arnold's the only one that really is super heroic, right? Well, even though he's not I that mean, heroic. Jesse Venturi so. is not, doesn't come off as a great dude. Well, they're all. brave, but they're not heroic. Yeah. Even yeah. Arnold's brave, but he's not really heroic. Right. Uh, he's but more that's like just the, a solid guy. That's the thing in the original Predator, though, is um, that's all criticism in reflection because at the time when it came out that was just standards 80s heroics yeah, really true. right right yeah so i just modernize it a little bit and be like yeah you know what actually uh oh here's <laughs> what spurred this concept of it for me is uh the in the new predator the cast are a bunch of like uh mentally ill soldiers or so soldiers that are dealing with like PTSD and shit. It's all played for laughs, which is terrible too. What weird? Yeah. Um, but there's a part is where that, is it intentional? The, yeah, the, yeah, it's intentional. That, no, I mean, is it intentional that the predators are hunting PTSD soldiers? It uh, no, there's a, a convoluted plot. Out. The, the predator's not actually hunting those guys. They're just oh. like the yeah. There's convoluted reasons for why all these characters are involved. It's terrible. But um, they uh, rescue like a scientist lady from a lab where one of the predator break, predators breaks out and then she's all passed out because she accidentally tranquilized herself which was oh what a cute joke during an action scene right um and there's a part where the main dude asks one of the other uh like soldiers because they left her alone with like two of the crazy soldiers and he's like oh is she safe in there with them and the other dude goes of course they're soldiers and i was like Fucking, there's so many stats about, like, fucking rape in the army and shit. <laughs> well, he, he was making a direct comment on that. You no, know it he was, was. No, it was absolutely played for, like, the valor, like, fucking the valor of well, soldiers are always the best men, right? Because the whole movie is all rah-rah. The military is great. It's fucking lame. It's, uh, the government doesn't understand military, and the military always does the right thing. Soldiers are the best. They always know what's good. Yeah. Can't trust science either. Well, we are doing that. They're always lying and shit. Yeah. But, oh, God, you bet, buddy. Did it. I don't get it. That's uh, nowadays. I just, uh, or I guess most of my life, when it comes to like mainstream media, it's just like, man, there's so much fucking propaganda and everything. Anyhow, original Predator, not as much propaganda. It still is like rah rah. We run Central America. Fuck you guys, kind of thing. But the man who played the Predator, Kevin Peter Hall, he's also in Mazes and Monsters. He's Jean-Claude Van Damme? Nope, he's, we'll get to Jean-Claude, but it's Kevin Peter Hall. He was also in Mazes and Monsters. He played he? a monster in it, I guess. I don't know. He's, he's I a tall you guy. Mentioned, you think you mentioned him when you watched it? I don't know. Yeah. And then um, Harry and the Hendersons, he plays Harry, of course. <laughs> a classic. Uh, Hall stated in an interview that his experience on the film wasn't a movie. It was a survival story for all of us. For example, in the scene where the Predator chases Dutch, the water was foul, stagnant, and full of leeches. Hall could not see out of the mask and had to rehearse the scenes with it off and memorize where everything was. Also, the costume weighed over 200 pounds. And, even and he though, had to go in the river with that shit on? Yep. Oh, God. It says, uh, even though he's seven foot two, large and powerful man, he had to be connected to a bungee rig to enable him to move more believably. So that's kind of why the Predator seems kind of light on his feet. Have you noticed that? 
Well, I yeah, noticed like, that when I watched it this time after knowing he was on a bungee. I was like, oh, okay. I just assume he's from a, a planet with uh, higher gravity. Um, Kevin Peter Hall also has a little cameo as himself. Well, not as himself, but not in the suit at the end. He's one of the helicopter rescue crew guys. Get to the Joppa. Get to the Jean-Claude Van Damme. You got it. He was originally cast as a Predator with the intent that the physical action star would use his martial arts skills to make the Predator an agile ninja-like hunter. We're doing karate moves right now. Good luck in that suit, apparently. Like it was the original Predator design was way different. Jean-Claude Van Damme is 5'9", and uh, apparently when he was compared to Schwarzenegger, Weathers, and Ventura, all actors over 6 feet tall. I didn't know Schwarzenegger was over 6 feet. I think he's 6'1", supposedly. Oh. And um, known for their bodybuilding regimens, it became apparent a more physically imposing man was needed to make the creature appear threatening. Which, I mean, yeah. It'd be weird if his little Jean-Claude Van Damme was... I guess it'd lean into the them needing to adapt to hunter lifestyle if they're, you know, small. It's interesting to think about a little predator running around. <laughs> like a little raptor guy. Maybe I'll do that in my sequel, W Kid Predator. <laughs> oh, on his first hunt with his dad. <laughs> no, it'll be a baby predator. <laughs> no, it'll just be like, like a 13, 14 year old uh, predator. He's going on his like first hunt with his dad. There you go. Now you get to learn more about the lore of predator. I already uh, hate it. I hate it already. Go away. Parenting or something. <laughs> have a few jokes about it. Ugh. Yeah, we'll subtitle the predator dialogue. <laughs> Just like that Godzilla movie. Remember uh-huh. that one? <laughs> Aguila. Aguila. Uh, also, Van Damme constantly complained about the suit being too hot and it caused him to pass out. <laughs> and uh, he voiced reservations about only appearing on camera in the suit. You know, John Colin Van Damme, a little bit narcissistic. <laughs> and the original design for the Predator was uh, felt to be oh, too. Don't you think that I uh, should be uh, without the mask? <laughs> yeah. Shouldn't he be uh, Belgian? <laughs> Instead of from space, he's from Belgium, yeah. That's my uh, drone vlog. Yeah, it's close enough. Oh, also, the original design for the Predator was felt to be too cumbersome and difficult to manage in the jungle, and even with the more imposing actor, and didn't provoke enough fear. So Van Damme kicked off the film, replaced by Kevin Peter Hall. And then, Creature was completely redesigned. So originally, Predator was created by some guy named Richard Edlund of Boss Film Studios. And it was a disproportionate, ungainly creature with large yellow eyes and a dog-like head. And then after a call was put out for a new alien creature costume, creature effects artist Rich Baker put in a bid. But ultimately, McTiernan consulted Stan Winston instead. instead. Aww. Yeah, but Rick Baker and Stan Winston Winston are the best set. Um... Or practical effects in the 80s and stuff. So either way, it probably would have turned out good. The mandibles of the Predator were James Cameron's ideas, apparently. <laughs> that makes sense. I guess. Like, what if you make it look like um, a spiky vagina? <laughs> I'm not afraid of those. <laughs> uh, Peter Cullen, Optimus Prime. He is Optimus reluctant Prime. to take the job of voicing the Predator as he injured his throat playing the title character of King Kong. But eventually accepted after seeing a picture of the unmasked creature. And Wait, he's the one doing all the. <sighs> yep. So the clicking and gurgling sound the predator makes throughout the movie was thought up by Peter Cullen off his prime. Yeah. So the producers were like, "Hey, we're gonna have you voice this creature," and he was like, "What the fuck kind of sound will that piece of shit make?" <laughs> you know what? It's gonna sound stupid. 
Uh, yeah, they are also reluctant to show him the final design of the character, which seems weird in the 80s. It's not like he can leak it, you know? Yeah, who's he going to talk to? Fucking yeah. some Hollywood magazine? Tell Megatron about it or something. <laughs> Frank Walker. Hey, Frank, let me tell you what. Uh, they eventually showed him the design, and uh, Colin thought the Predator resembled the horseshoe crab. And he remembered oh, that as a kid. He's not then, around. Yeah, as a kid, if you turned one over, it would gurgle. And then so he made the Predator sound based on a gurgle. <laughs> and that's it. Uh, the film provided a variety of hardships for the actors, such as leeches, snakes, stifling humidity, heat, and rough terrain. And then all the nice scenes were filmed during freezing cold temperatures, which was especially hard on good old Arnold Schwarzenegger during the latter half of the film when the mud he had to wear, which was actually pottery clay, became cold and wet. And he tried drinking uh, Jaeger tea, a schnapps mixture to warm him, but that just got him drunk. (laughs) Yeah, that doesn't work. And uh, I guess McTiernan wanted the... uh, comrade soldiery banter type shit to be as realistic possible so it helped us along it was one of those situations like tropic thunder where they have all the actors hang out together and do military training shit every day for a while oh yeah i think i remember seeing like a making up at one point where there's jesse ventura and Schwarzenegger, and they're giving each other a bunch of shit bunch of the cast members actually have a military background so it's like not as ridiculous as tropic thunder i would assume but uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, no military backgrounds. He's a bodybuilder, though. He's got that sure guy. is. But they don't call him Arnold the Body Schwarzenegger, do they? <laughs> they they don't, but Jesse's a little presumptive. Um, Jesse Ventura was delighted to find out from the wardrobe department that his arms were one inch bigger than Arnold That's Schwarzenegger's. Why. He suggested to Schwarzenegger that they measure arms with the winner getting a bottle of champagne. Venture lost because Schwarzenegger had told the wardrobe department to tell Venture that his arms were bigger. Which I actually don't, I guess it's true, but uh, Jesse Ventura's arms look a lot bigger than Arnold's. Arnold's look much, have much more definition and they're still big, but Jesse Ventura's arms just look a lot bigger. I don't know, Arnold's arms, he's not like Conan size in this movie, but yeah, he's more uh, believable. Uh, than, he, than he was in Conan, but he yeah. definitely had big arms. Even Carl Weathers' arms are fucking huge, too. Yeah. Well, it's, the thing is, Jesse Ventura um, is bigger than them and, like, looks bigger than them in general. So you just assume his arms would be bigger, too, but apparently not. Uh, speaking of working out, though, Carl Weathers said the actors would secretly wake up as early as 3 a.m. to work out before the day's shooting, and Weathers stated that he would act as if his physique was naturally given to him and would work out only after the other actors were nowhere to be seen. That shit is ridiculous. <laughs> Why would you bother? Of course so everyone's working weird. out. Like, oh god. Of course everyone's working out. That's Arnold's whole career is about him working out. So obviously he doesn't give a fuck. You know Jesse Ventura doesn't give a fuck because he's a professional wrestler. They work out nonstop. I don't know why like this former football player is pretending he doesn't work out or something. <laughs> it's so weird to me. And then in addition to that, uh, Ventura pulled the prank on, on good old Arnie by pouring water over himself while at the gym before Arnie arrived. Thinking that Ventura had, was drenched in sweat, Arnold believed that Ventura was working out longer than he usually did. He resolved to begin his workout sooner. He and Ventura both started arriving earlier to one-up each other until they both eventually started to arrive at 4 a.m. That's some dumb shit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't I, I've been um, watching the uh, the Last Dance, the you know the Michael Jordan Bulls, uh, yeah. Phil Jackson documentary. You know it. We mm-hmm. talked about it last week a little bit, but I actually watched it this week, and uh, 
that's definitely some Michael Jordan fucking mentality right there. <clears throat> you talked about it a lot last night, too. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because Michael Jordan's always got to be the best at everything. That To me, that's dumb. Like, oh, you work out longer? No, just work out better. You, the real competition is, like, who can lift more? The simplest competition has ever been. Who can pick <laughs> up bigger rocks? That's why strongman's the best. <laughs> go pick up that. Who can pick up this rock and go stack it on yeah. top of that other rock over there? Move the stones, goddamn pilgrim. <laughs> no, I want them to be strong. That's the whole thing. Is you got to find out who the strongest is. Strongest person on earth. What sucks about it though is the strongest person on earth may not be competing anyways. Son of a bitch. Right, it could be some farmer somewhere. Which means we need to force everyone to compete in strongman until we determine who actually the strongest is. We should elect you emperor of Earth, that way we know. Mm-hmm. My first decree, everyone must compete in strongman. And um, just a little a little spooky factoid here to uh, uh, just bring in the esoteric shit that I find so interesting. Joel Hynek, a special effects supervisor who directed the design of the Predator's camouflage effect, is the son of J. Allen Hynek, Ph.D., who originated the Close Encounter Hierarchy for Categorizing Interactions with Aliens. Dr. Hynek was a professor of astronomy at Northwestern University. Oh, my God. Yeah. The truth is out there. Speaking of the cloaking effect, this was achieved by having someone wear a bright red suit because it was the furthest opposite color of the green of the jungle and the blue of the sky. And then the red was removed with chroma key techniques, leaving an empty area. That take was then repeated without the actors using a 30% wider lens on the camera. When the two takes were combined optically, the jungle from the second take filled in the empty area. Because the second take was filmed with a wider lens, a vague outline of the alien could be seen with the background scenery bending around its shape. That's awesome. That's, that's some movie magic for you. Yep, early special effects, much better than current special effects. I'm tired of fucking CG animation. I'm fucking, that's why I don't play video I'm, games. I don't want to see it in every goddamn movie, too. I, I mean, again, I, I think there's, it has its place, but, you know, they use it. That's the, all they do. Well, you're wrong. Once you watch the new Predator, you'll see the problem with it. There's one Predator who's on, in the movie early on who is a guy in a suit. looks a gr- amazing. You can see the characters actually interact Oh, no, no. Well, stuff. here's my thing. I'm not saying that you should ever make the Predator a CG monster. That Predator should always be a man in a suit. But I'm just saying there's times that it's okay to use some CG to fill in like, some scenery and shit, make things look nicer. Punch oh yeah, I, I think it's it's cool. just overused. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, I, it's fine if it's you're doing it for like background work and yeah, like touch up stuff like you're talking about. But I don't think any character in any film should ever be completely CG. That's the worst shit in the world. Uh, Gollum. Yeah, but at least they used it as stand-in double form, right? So the actors were actually inhabiting space with them at the time. Mm-hmm. I think that makes a big difference in the performance. Is that why Thanos? Everybody like Thanos then. Uh, everyone liked Thanos because they got uh, big hard dicks from Marvel movies. But yeah, <laughs> Thanos did like he did seem like more of a character. Than... Yeah, he did actually seem like he was there. Which is yeah, like, that's what my Gollum. My Gollum feels different than a lot of the, the other shit. Yeah, uh, they apparently also attempted to get shots of the Predator swinging from tree to tree, and they used a monkey as the stand-in for that one, a little monkey in the red special effects suit. Oh, cute. Yeah, but the monkey kept taking off the suit, so they're like, ah, never mind. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised the monkey just didn't keep taking off. 
<laughs> my, hey, Arnold, we lost another one. Get back in your trailer. <laughs> my thing is, it's uh, tr- probably a trained monkey, and it's like, you know, gets food and love from its handler. So it's probably like, uh, well, yeah. food for sure. Love is questionable in some of these handlers. That's true. But yeah, because we all watch Tiger King. So, um, we talked about it last night. I'm not sure if you remember, but I uh, give Predator, the original, a 1,000 out of 10. Uh, your son, Jameson, also said it was 10 out of 10. The other son said it was 9 out of 10. Yeah, I remember. Predator is the greatest action movie ever made, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, arguably, Terminator 2 is a better made movie, but I like Predator more. That's all right. So I, man, they're all Arnold movies. It's yeah. Mine are, are like Terminator 2, uh, uh, Predator uh, Total Recall. No, uh, I like a lot too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, all the best action movies really are just Arnold Schwarzenegger, and then they stopped making good ones around like 1996. It seems like yeah, around the time he stopped making them. Mm-hmm. Trying to think of like modern action movies that are good. People are gonna say the Mission Impossible John Wick right? movies, right? Oh, I guess John Wick. I've only seen the first one. I was like, I yeah, that's okay. Any of them, so I got I have a poor uh, example. I should probably just watch them. Uh, yeah, I like Judge Dredd. Oh, Dredd. Yeah, that one. Not the yeah, Sons not Judge Dredd. I, Sloan, I but all. Dredd with um. A- oh, well, a- well, uh, Predator is like a nine and a half out of ten for me. My thousand out of ten. Every movie should be a um alien monster killing people. If you're gonna make an action movie, just make an alien monster. And in fact, just stop making them. They already made Aliens and Predator, so that no one even bother anymore. Now we gotta make another Alien versus Predator. No, 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 no. Oh, no, what we no, have no, to no, do no. is play that Predator game. Um, but I, the reason I bring up our personal feelings about how great Predator is is because now it's time to talk about some contemporary, contemporaneous reviews of Predator at the time. Because, uh, I don't know, people didn't like it too much. No, oh, that happens. So, uh, Michael Wilmington of the Los Angeles Times proclaimed, It is arguably one of the emptiest, feeblest, most derivative scripts ever made as a major studio movie. It's, I, well, I mean, it's kind of empty, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't even know that. I, I don't know that I even agree that it's derivative. But fair enough. I mean, um, you can just say oh, aliens, and then predator, right? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, that's. I don't know. It doesn't seem right, whatever. Uh, and um, it's before anyone talks back to me about uh, see, this is how people feel about you. This is how you feel about the Marvel movies now. In the future, people look back and be able to term, decide their greatness just like with predator nah it's not the same thing at all you're wrong <laughs> because i have declared it so uh it's i know I, I feel like you you probably ha- are being too hard on the marvel movies as a whole you know what i mean but I mean, whatever what's the point they turn movies into a tv series awesome great job that's what everyone's like well you gotta give it up to them for making a 12 film arc whatever so, yeah i'm really psyched that they turn movies into a tv series <laughs> so they can extend the well, merchandise. well here's the thing they well, one company did it no one else is everybody else has tried it's not like they haven't attempted to do this shit before and not had it work out and it's not like they had didn't do this shit uh, uh 50 years ago either These- but they did and it was amazing that's what i mean it's not anything new it's just having costello meeting all the monsters that's what i'm that, saying Nick why you so, all again the why you because <laughs> it doesn't I, have the wolfman in it <laughs> now, they should is, do. Um, oh man if they do Doctor Strange versus the Wolfman I'm in now the Marvel's too scared to make a horror movie with Doctor Strange we already know that they're gonna make a horror movie with X-Men instead is that movie ever coming out what the Doctor Strange or X-Men no the they were making the fucking Young Mutants or New Mutants right 
oh, Fox is making that, it. It's finished from what I understand. I, I it's been it's finished gonna... for like a couple years. It was yeah, supposed I, to come out like a couple years ago. I bet they're just going to dump it on Hulu or something. Mm. Interesting. Um, Variety also wrote that the film was a slightly above act- average actioner that tries to compensate for tissue thin plot with ever more grisly death sequences and impressive special effects. Mm-hmm. I guess the plot uh, is that's quite like thin. It. Yeah, but that's the whole thing is it's uh, an expedient movie. Like I, yeah, I don't know everything. Not everything has to be Citizen Kane. No, and also so, like, like I, I make the same where... complaint about Mad Max Fury Road, right? Yeah. <laughs> they're just it's just a chase sequence. Yeah, um, but how is it executed? I remember when I took like, a writing class in, in college one time, I wrote like this story that was kind of loose on plot. It wasn't really much of a story there. And it was just kind of this long action sequence. And like the teacher's like, well, everybody can write a good action sequence. And I took a look at the other people in the class. And I'm like, can they though? It doesn't seem like it. <laughs> I took a look at a lot of movies that have been coming out. And I said, mm, can they? <laughs> uh, Roger Ebert though, uh, had this to say. Predator moves at a breakneck pace. It has strong and simple characterizations. It has good location photography and terrific special effects. And it supplies what it claims to supply, an effective action movie. So Roger Eber was right this time. You got us again, Roger. Yeah, and of course the modern retro perspective, um, or the modern perspective on the Predator yeah, it's like is it's in agreement with me, where it's, yeah, it's just a great classic action movie. According to Chris Hewitt of Empire... Predator has gradually become a sci-fi and action classic. It's not difficult to see why. McTiernan's direction is claustrophobic, fluid, and assured, staging the action with aplomb, but concentrating just as much on tension and atmosphere. A thumping piece of powerhouse cinema. A thumping piece of powerhouse Thumping cinema. piece. Thumping piece of powerhouse cinema. Some of the way these people fucking write. Ugh. I don't know. You gotta have fun with it, I think. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. It just reminds me of like Kurt Vonnegut when he was the story where he started working for Sports Illustrated and they wanted him to write a story about dressage or maybe like horse jumping or that shit. Mm-hmm. And he guess he sat down at his desk and looked at the piece of paper for an hour and then he wrote, the horse jumped over the fucking fence and walked out of the office and quit. <laughs> that just sounds like a shitty job though. These guys sound like that they probably like movies and they like yeah. writing about them and they're just kind of I mean, I fun. like movies and I like writing about it. I just uh, at some point, it's just like, come on, your language is a little flowery here, guys. Uh, you're waiting for the Ernest Hemingway or uh, Bukowski to come along for movie Fuck reviews? Yes. Hell yeah. <laughs> I walked in the theater, I took a seat, the movie began. <laughs> <laughs> A purple chin, a purple ball sack chin alien appeared on screen. He told me exactly what his motivation was. I nodded. <laughs> <laughs> uh, an IGN review written by William Bibiani said uh, Predator is the most subver- submersive action movie of the 1980s. And it cites examples from the film of satire of that film, action film genre oh, as a whole. In his review, he writes, Predator may be a big macho action movie, but it's also highly critical of the kinds of characters you normally find in big macho man action movies and the superficial, unquestioningly heroic stories they appear in. Which um, I think that's possibly the case for the 80s. But you look at retrospectively now. You try to put it in or even like with my my own like personal value systems. When I was a kid, I didn't pay attention to the dialogue at all anyways. I was just waiting for Predator to show up. But like watching as an adult now with like my own ethics and stuff, I'm like, these guys just seem like asshole soldiers, like every other 80s movie. But uh, who knows? Maybe it hit different back then. 
And uh, Predator was ranked fourth in the 2015 Rolling Stone reader poll of the all-time best action films. Four. This is Born Identity's third. Okay, so yeah, Predator's fourth. Born Identity is third. No, that's wrong. Yeah, that's wrong. They uh, up. Aliens, Alien is number two. Mm, nope, Alien. If it's action movies, it should be Aliens. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I, I like Alien more than Aliens, but Aliens is an action movie. Alien is and a horror movie. I could agree with number, number one, I think. Mad Max 2, The Road Warrior. Oh, it's not Terminator 2, huh? No. I thought Terminator 2, Matrix is 5, Lethal Weapon is 6. Oh, Red that's wrong. Blood is 7. Oh. Mm. Raiders of the Lost Ark is 8. I guess that's not actually nice. eight, but Terminator okay. is 9. Terminator 2 is 9. This is a terrible list. These are ranked. I believe this is a reader's poll. So oh. it's, the, it's the people voting. Uh, so once again, my hypothesis is proven correct that most people don't have any tests. <laughs> they did like Mad Max, though. Mad Max Fury Road, but Road Warrior. Well, Basically the same movie. Out, it? It's probably built hype for it. Mad it's Max Fury Road. I guess Mad Max Fury Road is... I forgot. That's probably my favorite action movie. Hmm. Uh, I still think I might like the, actual, the Road Warrior, the second Mad Max movie, better than Fury Road. I have like more nostalgia for it because it's from childhood, but Fury Road's a better movie. Hmm. 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 Actually, I go back and forth on it. They're both really good, though, and I like both Same of them. About the Blade Runner movies. I like both of them more than Terminator Two. Stupid Shane Black, stupid piece of shit. Also, apparently, they had to reshoot the entire third act because it was such trash. And then it still ended up being complete garbage. Fucking Hollywood's a joke. Fuck, I'm glad movies aren't getting made anymore. Thanks, coronavirus. <laughs> I don't want to see any more of this shit. There's been enough movies. They're not going to ever get any better than The Predators, so everyone can just stop. <laughs> the movies peaked in 1987. Pretty much. Every time we watch movies for this show, even if it's a bad movie, I'm like, you know, fucking, I think, uh, like, release writing for movies and editing and, like, pacing for movies, it fucking peaked in the 80s. <laughs> it's gone downhill from there. I don't know. There's there's some movies that were some real real garbage that I'm like, ah, okay. Yeah, but overall, the way movies are paced in the '80s, the way they do characterization, all sorts of shit, it's so much better than movies that come out now. No, that's that's really true. I mean, the majority of movies that come out now, obviously, there's still good movies that get made every year, but uh, yeah, mainstream movies, the the equivalent of Predator coming out in modern times is like uh oh that's not good oh that's not good <laughs> all right that does it for this week's predator talk next week we'll be back to talk about the last dance again i'm sure the predator there's two more episodes on today so i'm gonna, I'm gonna probably yeah, watch tonight there'll be two more i don't Are they think already up on the espn app i think they might be oh i didn't think they were on there until after they aired on tv later tonight oh, damn, that was fast. yeah i usually watch them on like monday or tuesday but uh, yeah, next week we'll talk about the Predator, Last Dance. Um, I'll talk more about anime. Uh, trying to get, I forgot, I was trying to get an anime girlfriend, an anime waifu. See how that goes. Uh, someone let me know if there's like a Tinder, but just for like anime people. I was thinking like, <laughs> if there was a Tinder for anime people, I'd be like, hey, I'm just trying to learn about anime. <laughs> and try to go go that route. Yeah. Like, hey, I just need a girlfriend to teach me or a boyfriend to teach me about anime. You just hang out, have snacks, and cuddle if you want. But mostly, I need you to curate an anime watch list for me. <laughs> That's what I'm here for, goddammit. Yeah. But next week, what we will primarily be talking about 
is the Emilio Estevez film Repo Man. Oh, I haven't seen that movie in forever. But it's I fucking good. Like it. It's a punk rock movie. It is directed by what's his name, Alex, uh, whatever. But he also directed Straight to Hell and Sid and Nancy. Sid and Nancy's not a very good movie. Alex Cox. So he directed uh, Straight to Hell and Sid and Nancy and Repo Man, which are all great punk rock movies. Um, but uh, after that, he just kind of fell off. But Repo Man is really good. For a second, I thought you were going to say Men at Work. Men at Work. Emilio Estevez is in that too, isn't he? That's the Garbage Man one. Yeah, it's, it's him and his brother and, um, mm, you know. Uh, his dad and his uncle. Oh. Dude, neither <laughs> of them are in it. It's not all the Sheen Stevezes? No. Oh, Keith that, David. That's that what sucks. I was thinking of. God, Keith David, Charlie Sheen, and the rest of it. Oh. That sucks that well, not all the Sheen Stevez is in it. <laughs> then you, then you get all Joe Estevez. Joe Estevez, Emilio Estevez, Martin Sheen, Charlie Sheen. Well, I guess we'll we'll, we'll know more about Emilio next week. It'll still <laughs> yeah, be the this, it'll be the second time Emilio has appeared since we watched Maximum Overdrive. This is like the same era of his career. So he's gonna be looking pretty handsome. He's always looking pretty handsome. Yeah, he's just such a little fellow, though. That's not his fault. Harry Dean Stanton's in it, too. Who cares? Fuck it! Yeah, Harry, sure. It's Harry Dean Stanton! He's an alien! <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so... That about wraps it up. Repo Man. The Last Dance. Anime Girlfriends. Waifus. Anime Twitter. Tinder. Follow us on Twitter. Tinder. Uh, rate and review. Tell your friends about us. Um, Elon Musk losing his mind. I told you, everyone. I told you he's just a dumb piece of shit. He just proves it to you every week. I mean, it's not... You get it together. You've said it, and I've said it. I've said it for a long time. You've said it for a long time, and he's been proving it again and again for a long time, but people still keep listening to this dumb motherfucker. He's just a dumb rich boy who wants to sell you cars. He's not Iron Man. All right, cool. That's VHS Cult, though. We will see you next week. Nah, probably not. I mean, I don't got anything else going on, so hopefully nothing disastrous happens. (laughs)